0: W-D-Y-K-A, the What Do You Know About podcast. Each episode, we'll be breaking down pop culture topics from totally different worlds.
1: What do you know about video games, reality TV, science fiction, true crime, tech,
0: YouTubers, and more. Let's get into it.
1: another episode of uh, the What Do You Know About podcast. Uh, We're very excited to be back. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Michaela and
0: Chris. We're back. Michaela and Chris back for episode two. We did it. Yeah, We we made a podcast.
1: We did it. We got it out there. We did it. And um, I just want to say thank you to anyone who's listened to the first episode.
0: Like the four people
1: whoever uh we're so thankful for all of the the family and friends that have listened and given us good feedback and um yeah we're glad that you came back to listen um so yeah uh what are you mouthing to me <laughs> uh
0: the um thing i know you said um like seven times i
1: know i <laughs> I realized when I was editing the first episode, how much I say, I know, um, I know.
0: you said, so, you said, that's what you said. And
1: it is, it's so painful because you don't realize how much you do it at all. You don't realize until you're having to go back and listen to your voice. Um, and there I go again. <laughs> so we can
0: edit this part out if you want.
1: No, it's, it's fine. Well, it's authentic. Yeah, Exactly. You don't have to say it's authentic for it to be authentic. Anyways, uh, let's see. We, I guess we'll explain a little bit what the podcast is if this is your first time listening. Chris and I both.
0: We do have the intro. I mean, you know. Yeah. We're from,
1: from totally different worlds. So Chris and I are both <laughs> going to break down a couple topics, but we're going to take turns and neither of us know what the other person's topic is. It's a total secret yeah. to the two of us. We haven't had any time to like look up things before we come to record Um, so yeah, I don't know if we want to just go ahead and get started, so figure out who's going to go first. What do you want to do?
0: Well, let's, let's recap last week. Last week was our first episode. Again, thank you for anybody that tuned in for the first episode, family and friends. Um. And maybe strangers. Who knows? And maybe strangers in the future. I don't know. Maybe some strangers actually listen to it. I have no idea. I don't know how podcasts work. In terms of growing an audience. So who knows? Anyways, last week uh, I talked about uh, Starcraft, which is a video game franchise. We got into that. And Michaela talked about The Bachelor, well-renowned reality TV show. Re- Indeed. I mean, renowned in re- reality TV show circles. <laughs> exactly. And in most TV circles. I mean, lots of people watch The Bachelor. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, depends on your definition of renowned. Sure.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I think, I don't know, it was a good good episode. It also was a good opportunity for us to kind of like learn, you know, things we want to change or do a little different or be better at. So, yeah, it was great. I don't know. Great first episode. Great first opportunity to kind of get our feet wet, you know, so to speak. So, yeah. Next episode. This next episode, um, we decided, so last episode we did rock, paper, scissors to see who was going to go first with their topic. This one we decided that we would, um, just pick a card from a deck and see who got the highest card. Who knows? In the future we might actually play a game that is, you know, game. Oh yeah. There's your
0: card ASMR. Well, it would be ASMR if I was next to the microphone. ASMR is when you.
1: You're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> that was the idea. And I'm very aware of what that's ASMR. That's what ASMR is. is. But you know, you're you're get you get know, yeah ASMR get the sound there like...
0: Oh yeah. Well, it's very satisfying on the recording software too. You can see all the little spikes. So I think how we should do this is, we'll do two out of three again. Oh, you want to do some shuffling? Okay. Yeah. Do the ASMR?
1: No, I just want to make sure it's fair. You know, you're not cheating this thing here. You know,
0: this is... W- I'll get into this later, but... Never mind.
1: <laughs> later? When?
0: It's it's nothing.
1: What? Cheating?
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll get into cheating later.
1: Oh, is that part of your topic? Sure. Hmm. 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 Okay. So okay. what
0: I figure we'll do best two out of three... You take one, I take one, and then whoever wins that, and then you do that three times. Okay. Flip. <gasps> I got the ace. I have the four. We didn't decide if ace is low or high, but since you I've were always, all excited, we'll give it ace is high.
1: I always thought ace was high. Comes it after
0: king. It, it, but I, I guess it depends some on the game you're playing. Too. It depends on the game you're playing. Yeah. Anyways, we'll say ace is high, so you win the first one. I
1: got a five. Eight. All right. You so get it's that going one. to
0: round three.
1: This is the deciding round. Eight,
0: nine. You gotta be <laughs> kidding me. Okay. You want to go out of five? No, 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 no,
1: no. All right, you go first.
0: All right. Last week, I talked about a video game, and I was struggling to find another topic because I realized after writing out a list of topics that. of the things I would want to talk about are video games.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: I think maybe going forward, I might be throwing out 85% video games, but I didn't want to do them two times in a row for the first two episodes, so we're not doing a video game. Okay. We are doing a game. What do you know about Magic the Gathering? Oh, okay.
1: I don't know much about it really honestly like hardly anything. I know it's a card game. I know you can also play it online, but it, yeah it's a card game. I'm assuming like a card strategy type game I don't know how, I don't know how it's described specifically like what category it's in. I know that it's like you know, fantasy, you know, monsters and, uh, you know, fantasy type stuff. Um, and that's about it. I don't really know too much else. I know you, you've gotten really into it more recently, but, um, I can't say I know anything besides that. I don't, I don't know anything (laughs) about magic. You don't know. I, okay, I know it's been around for a while. Okay. It's not a new thing. I know that. I don't know. The online thing, it might be more new. But, yeah, the card game itself, not that new.
0: Any other facts?
1: Uh, duh. I mean, I guess I, I, like. I know that some cards are worth a lot. Some cards are worth, you know, you can sell them and make a fair amount of money. You know, you get the card packs and you do you know you go through them and you see what's worth what and this is a good card there's a rare card or shiny collector version you know that kind of stuff but yeah i don't really know anything
0: else okay that was pretty short yeah you know what we should do we should do like a special episode where we just go back and forth with what do you know about this but like you know that's that's the only thing (laughs) And then do a bunch of those all in one show. We don't
1: actually explain what it is. It's just yeah. what do we think we, what do we think it is? Maybe, and maybe you have,
0: you talk as long as you can without like a two second pause. Maybe
1: we could do that with like, you know how sometimes there's like some kind of game you can do with Wikipedia where it like just takes you to random yeah. pages. You know, you could just do that. And be like, what do you know about this? Yeah. What do you know about this?
0: Well, it can be the thing where like if you have a two or three second pause, then you lose and you have to talk oh. as long as you can about it.
1: That's a good idea.
0: We'll do that sometime That's as a, a fun idea. as a fun game.
1: Yeah that's a good idea.
0: All right So Magic the Gathering like you said, it's a card game. Uh, let's uh, go through my outline. Um, similar, I'm gonna do a similar outline to what I did for Starcraft. I'm starting with a basic section. then I'll actually dive deep into it and then I'll do cultural impact. Make me sound super fancy. And then I will end with my experiences. All right. Basics. Uh, You're right. It's a card game. It's what's known as a... uh, There's two names for this. A collectible card game or a trading card game. So a CCG or TCG. There's debates as to what you want to call it because you know you call it you you might have originally been more called a trading card game but like people don't really trade they just like buy and sell you know Mm -hmm. so anyways i think magic is usually more commonly referred to as a collectible card game but there are other games like pokemon cards right well pokemon is explicitly called it's the pokemon trading card game so
1: right yeah that's the first thing that came to mind was Pokemon, because I know that that's really heavy with trading, but the
0: the trading aspect probably comes from sports cards, which I think have been called trading cards for.
1: Oh yeah, like just that's the name of it. They don't say, oh, this is a sports card. It's like, no, these are trading cards. Well, yeah, that's
0: that's one. I I think that name's been around longer. Yeah, Uh, Magic is probably the most popular of these games to play. Pokemon is probably the most popular to collect right now. I don't know statistics or numbers on that or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Yu-Gi-Oh, which oh, yeah. is probably third place all around. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way it works, you collect cards, you build a deck of cards, and you play one-on-one or depending on, you know, there's some rule sets you can play where there's more than two two people. Um, and it's you play a game with other people with the cards that you've collected. You know? hmm uh and the way it works is new cards are released regularly through what are called expansion sets usually just people call them sets so four times a year they release like 200 to 400 cards wow in a set some of them aren't unique some of them are reprints oh, okay. a lot of them are overlap and stuff but yeah mm-hmm. as a matter of fact this week a new set is releasing and that is, I just went to an event with your brother mm-hmm. uh, this past weekend. Shout which out a, Isaac. <laughs> shout out Isaac, which was a pre-release event for that set. Nice. All right. So there's the basic section. Let's talk about magic. Michaela. <laughs> sorry. I just thought, <laughs> has anybody seen that old, the old uh, YouTube video? from the beginning days to the chocolate rain music video yes (laughs) and then and then it has the guy i i i go away from the microphone to breathe (laughs) that's what michaela just went away from the microphone to big yawn i did
1: it was a full chocolate rain moment
0: (laughs) all right okay sorry (laughs) Let's do that. Let's do actually dive into to everything. I'm going to talk about the development of magic and then the game itself. Uh, all right. So Magic the Gathering is developed by a company called Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast. Do you know, happen to know what else they do? It's Really only one thing.
1: I have no idea. I'm a... Is it... Is it? Dungeons, D and
0: D. Yes. Oh. So Wizards of Coast mainly does Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering. Okay. As their two main properties. As a matter of fact, there's some collaboration. A set that came out. I don't. I think it was last year. Yeah, a set that came out last year. Actually, another set that came out this year. Both been, like, crossover D and D sets oh, where cool. a lot of the cards are D and D themed. Mm-hmm. And have like characters and and stuff and some of them have mechanics where like you roll dice and and it, it, it was it was there was there was cool stuff um nice. anyways magic was originally created by a guy named richard garfield phd in combinatorial mathematics at university of pennsylvania
1: what does that mean what is combinatorial
0: so combinatorial mathematics um is math that has to do with uh counting primarily.
1: <laughs> Isn't that all math? That's what the understand. top of
0: Wikipedia said. What? It's it's math that has to do with uh like finite uh it's it's sort of like number theory. I, I I'm spouting out these words that, that I n- knew in college that I don't know anymore. But um it's it's with counting. It's with finite, it's with integers, single numbers different th- theories around that i don't know how else to you know put more it, power to know. them it's like the kind of math where like you know how they have like those like puzzles where it's like um they're like statistical puzzles or like uh, you have to get the five people across the river and you put the two people in the boat and then you leave the three there but only you know that kind of stuff like those riddles i think so It's the kind of math that has to deal with, like, problems like that, sort of. But, you know, know, it's on a deeper level. Obviously, it's a PhD.
1: Right, right. So, you know, we just... Basically, he's smart and a bit of a nerd.
0: I mean, it's the exact kind of math that would go into... Like, if you did an analysis of magic, it's the kind of math that you would use for that. So, that makes sense. Anyways. uh, So uh spin back to 1991 he was a U Penn um and he's always loved games board games and he's had he has lots of board game ideas so he he presented them to Wizards of the Coast which at the time was this really small company it just started they had a few role playing games um not dungeons and dragons dungeons and dragons is a lot older and wizards of the coast did yeah. not run it yet oh, okay um so he presented one of his big ideas to Wizards. They said, Oh, uh, we're not, don't quite like that idea, or it's not feasible or something, but like, we'd like some of your side ideas. He had a side idea. Um, what was it called? I sh- should have written it down. It's like f- Five Magics or something like that it was mm-hmm. like one of his side ideas, like card game. They're like, Okay, we like some of your side ideas. What we want, what we'd like is a portable game. That's easy for people to play at gaming conventions Mm. during like downtime. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't require a whole ton of stuff, you know? Anyway, so after that conversation, he goes back to school, working on his PhD at UPenn. UPenn's actually my mom's alma mater. So another shout out. Um, (laughs) So the idea that uh, was to expand on the idea of a board game with something that's sort of infinitely expandable. Mm -hmm. And it's collectible, and every player sort of has their own collection, and they put their own identity into how they play the game. Mm -hmm. And there's no boards. Everybody brings their own stuff, you know. Um, And then the idea would be, you know, cards would be distributed the way that sports cards. So the way that Magic works is that you have packs, Mm -hmm. and you open a pack, and there's like 15 cards in there, and and you, you pay like $5 for it or something. Um, and that's been around as for like baseball cards and
1: yeah, and a long time, all that stuff yeah. for a very long time. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like put that, turn that into you can use your collection to play a game. Okay, so we went back to to uh went back to school and while he's at school, he developed about 150 cards for this first set of this game. He photocopied mm-hmm. them onto paper, made like test cards, and volunteer groups at the college the math department tested this game and they worked out, you know, what, what they needed to do in terms of the different powers of cards. There's actually lots of documentation on this. If you look online, it's very interesting stuff. Hmm. Um, anyways, once it was ready, they shopped it around at different game stores and conventions. Um, game launched in August, 1993. Okay. So this is, uh, 28 years ago 29 years ago
1: Yeah. Mhm.
0: Launched in August, all 10 million cards were sold out in October.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. So yeah. it was very popular. Instant success. Yeah.
0: Printed 10 million cards, all sold out October, 2 months wow. later. Um first expansion was released in December of 19 19-
1: uh, 94, no, 1993.
0: Oh, okay. So the same year. Yeah. Wow. And not only did do first expansions, we did multiple printings of that first set right. because they had sold out. Um,
1: I can only imagine what something from like the first set, a card from the first set would be worth today. It's probably oh, crazy. We'll, we'll get into
0: that. That's on nice. the cultural impact section. Awesome.
1: <laughs> I love that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, ac- I mean... We watched that one uh, YouTube video and you got really mad at that kind of stuff. I
1: did. I get very mad about it because it's like people really spent millions of dollars on like a CSGO gun or something. You know, you're like, what?
0: Okay. That one was like, but that one was more like a quarter million dollars.
1: Yeah. But still, it's like, what? And then, I don't know. Some other things I'm like, okay, kind of cool. It's like old. If it's historical, I get it. But if it's like a Kanye signed... I don't know, piece of poop. I'm like, why? <laughs> why are you paying millions of dollars it says for that?
0: Supreme on it, right? Exactly. It's got it
1: stuck right in there.
0: All right. Um. Anyways, I won't go into the rest of Magic history after that. It's just the game existed. After yeah. That. Yeah. Um. Some stats on that. There was already a billion cards printed by the end of 1994. Oh my
1: goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's. I mean. I didn't realize how popular it was at the beginning. I don't know why. I just kind of thought it was like building more success over time. But
0: yeah, I mean, that's what I would have thought too. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um. To this day, there's about here. You want to guess how many sets there's been.
1: Oh boy. I, okay. You said like four every year. Sets or expansions? I don't think
0: it's always been But set I, ex, by sets. I mean, expansions. Okay. I, th- I don't know how long it's been for every year.
1: Okay hmm i don't know
0: i'm gonna guess like 200 it's 140 about okay. 140 um there's about 22,000 unique cards okay so cards that do different things um no stats exist on the number of cards that have been printed so far like total
1: oh okay wow i'm supposed to
0: haven't kept track of that well, I mean, you know, they haven't like they haven't like revealed or anything. Maybe they do keep track of it. Oh, I got gotcha. you. They did say, Wizard said that between two thousand eight and twenty sixteen, they printed over twenty billion. Oh my gosh,
1: oh my gosh, that's so many.
0: <laughs> that is a lot.
1: Oh wow, I don't know why I just never thought of it being as that popular. I guess maybe I just am like.
0: You know not I, in the circles as much, I, but I am I'm with you actually. I yeah. I, I think I wouldn't have thought so yeah. either.
1: Right, because I don't know. I mean in general trading cards have some it's become a lot more mainstream lately. Lots of like YouTubers and everything's like, you know, they get the big boxes and they're like unboxing it's such a big deal or live stream, you know, people are unboxing cards. Like it's it's more popular now, I feel like. But maybe I'm wrong. Obviously, I am. I just thought it kind of has built in popularity over time. I always thought like sports trading cards were the most popular back in the day, but I guess not. Yeah, I don't think
0: those are that big anymore. Not
1: anymore. I think more of the, the trading and selling is more popular now. But
0: Alright, let's move on to the game itself. I have some cards in my hand here that I'll show Kayla oh, for to get some ideas of things. Oh, cool. Um, okay, the reason the game is called Magic is because here's the sort of the idea of the game is that you're the two players are like the wizards they're facing off against okay. each other and all of their cards are their spells that they're oh. that they're doing their spells
1: okay um is it called magic or magic the gathering
0: actually that's interesting i found this on, i didn't write this down but i found out on wikipedia that while they're developing the game they just were called they just called it magic and okay. that's what they wanted to call a game was just magic yeah but they were like the legal counsel or whatever was like you can't uh trademark the word magic right you know okay. it's like it's too simple of, a, of yeah. a name yeah um so they're like oh we're gonna change it to, i think they said we're gonna change it to like M- mana splash or something i don't <laughs> <What>? know <laughs> they're like okay but then like when they were still making the game they just kept calling it magic yeah i think and then they settled on magic the gathering oh okay everybody called it magic or mtg yeah Anyways, remember how with the StarCraft episode, we did a story breakdown.
1: Oh, uh-huh.
0: Magic has a story that is oh, way really? more complicated oh, than geez. StarCraft's story. <laughs> oh,
1: jeez.
0: Really? There's I, a story?
1: I get Like, is there a yes. book or?
0: There's books. There's comics. Oh. There's a, there's everything. And all the cards have story. Oh, wow. And lore and everything. I am underqualified to talk about all of that. <laughs> um, TLDR is... There's a multiverse of different fantasy worlds that are called planes. Okay. There's medieval worlds. There's like this feudal Japanese world. It's called Kamigawa. There's an ancient Greece world. I forget what that one's called. Or it's called Theros. There's Inistrad, which is like a gothic horror 18th Mm. century world. Basically, they have all these fantasy worlds that, you know, you can riff different themes on. Yeah. Right? Yeah um
1: and i'm assuming there's cards that refer- are like kind of related to each other. yeah so each set usually
0: yeah. takes place in a plane oh, okay and yeah the set sort of depicts different events that happen in that like the the set is like some kind of main event happening in the story in that plane and then the cards depict different parts of the event right
1: okay gotcha
0: um main characters a lot of the main characters are called planeswalkers and these are people that can travel between that's why they're called planeswalkers oh. they can travel between the multiverse you know okay yep. and so you'll get lots of cards that you know you'll see a familiar character even though it's a different world right or. and that's basically the idea all right so i'm going to to start showing you some of these cards there's two types of cards uh the first type of card is called a land these are lands Okay. And the second type of card is a spell. Uh, here's a spell. That's a creature spell. Basically, okay. um, lands give you resources called mana, and then you have to spend the mana to play the spells. And that's basically what we'll go into. <laughs> um, as for spells, there's basically two main types. One of them are creatures, where you play, to, you play the spell, you spend the mana, and you put the creature in the middle of the board. And then every turn, you your creatures, like, fight their creatures or they fight you or, you know, you go back and forth. There's combat, right? Okay. And then there's all these other kinds of spells that can do different effects. Um, and we won't go into any of those. Um, Each player has a health meter. Usually starts at 20. Okay. My creatures can attack you and make your health go down. Or you can have your creatures block for you or that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And that's basically it um so let's talk about some things some some other aspects of cards here we have alternate arts so you have a card there called island here's an alternate art island
1: Ooh, i love this one yeah um well maybe we'll have to post this somewhere
0: that card that you have that's there That's beautiful oh yeah so if people are interested that's the stained glass alternate art for island from dominaria united the new set so look that's that up That's awesome Here's an alternate art for that other card you're holding. This card, by the way, is Garna, Blood Fist of Keld. Here's the alternate art. Oh, it's wow. also a foil, so the card is shiny.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Another stained glass? Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. That's the
0: alternate art theme for the new set that's just coming out. I it's love like the that. the stained glass stuff. All right. That's beautiful. Here's some other cards. These are different creatures or other spells. All right. Um, let's talk about... The main core of the game, which is called the color pie, or the five colors of magic. Okay. So if you notice, the cards you're holding, there comes in five different colors. Yeah. White, blue, black, red, and green. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is sort of the core of the game, is this mana that you create from lands can come in five different types of colors, and the cards come in different colors, and they all have sort of themes associated with them. Mm-hmm. So white, and this is taking from the magic wiki or whatever, white uh, exemplifies peace, law, structure, selflessness, and equality. Uh, white cards typically include humans, knights, angels, spells that heal yourself, or spells that exile cards from the game, but without destroying them. Okay. So it's sort of the goody-two-shoes, you know. Yeah. Uh, blue cards. Uh, it blue exemplifies knowledge, deceit, caution, deliberation, and perfection. Mm. Blue typically includes flying creatures, aquatic creatures, cards that draw more cards, cards that counter other cards, cards that sort of manipulate the game state in interesting, mm-hmm. you know, out of the box ways that aren't so direct gotcha black cards exemplify power self-interest death sacrifice uninhibitedness i don't know if that's a word but <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's some contradiction there what do you mean what was the first word
0: power and Then the next word. self-interest
1: but then also it says sacrifice
0: yeah so so black is the color of um it's how youtube video said this was good it was the color of like pragmatism basically a lot of black cards give you something good in exchange for like sacrificing your own creatures or like dealing damage to yourself or something like that yeah it's like whatever it takes to get the good thing even if it's hurting yourself so black typically includes like horror creatures like zombies Mm -hmm. um, cards that sacrifice your own creatures cards that destroy enemy creatures Mostly things that give you good things in exchange for extra price. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Red exemplifies freedom, emotion, action, impulse, and destruction. Typically includes goblins, dragons, fire creatures. There's a lot of spells that deal direct damage to creatures and players. Cards that are mostly just they're really aggressive and fast. Okay. Finally, green exemplifies nature wildlife connection spirituality and tradition green includes elves animals really big creatures like giant worms that come out of the ground and stuff um big creatures with powerful stats they're very they're very focused on creatures in particular mm-hmm. um, they also focus on cards that give you extra land so you can ramp up your resources to have more resources than the other player okay and those are the five colors of magic. There's also cards that can have multiple colors. I believe I gave you one that is a black and a blue card. Oh, okay. Um, most decks of magic usually have two to three colors in the deck. So you'll have some blue lands, some black lands, mm-hmm. and then you'll have some blue cards and some black cards. Gotcha. Be some cards that yeah. are both blue and black, like the one I handed you. Yep. Um. Or maybe it'll have three. And there's also different types of lands that can give you more than one color of mana, but for some kind of downside. Right. One color is also common, depending on the strategy. Four and five colors are sort of harder to play, but, you know, some people, you know, might make a deck out of it. Um, and that's basically it. That's, that's basically all we'll talk about the game itself.
1: Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously there's, like, there's a lot, probably a lot more in-depth, like, Gameplay, all that stuff that's like very yeah. know, complicated and it's hard to probably explain without actually playing.
0: Basically, you go back and forth, you take turns, on your turn, you draw a card, and then you yeah. play cards. Right. And the cards you can play is determined by the lands that you have and the colors of the lands and all right. that. Right. And then the cards do a bajillion different effects. Like I said, 22,000 unique cards.
1: <laughs> that is a lot
0: all right in terms of the ways to play magic there's a ton of different ways you can play it with paper cards there's also online versions did you know there are two magic the gathering online games i did not i did not either until i heard about it on the internet (laughs) there's magic the gathering online Mm -hmm. and magic the gathering arena oh okay Magic Gathering Online has been around for, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of old interface. Um, but it has, like, all the cards of all time. Mm. And it's a, a place that a lot, like, older players play. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe to, like, hone their skills in their big tournaments where they have play with a bajillion old cards that are really broken, right. you know. And they're two thousand dollar (laughs) decks um magic the gathering arena is more recent it's maybe like five years old that's the game that i play um and it's more modern it's sort of there's a lot of like modern collectible card games that are digital like hearthstone is Mm -hmm. one um and it sort of takes a lot of notes from those sorts of games okay Um, but it doesn't have all the cards only has the cards that have been released like since the game came out As for actually playing the game, there's different formats. There's legacy formats where you play with all the cards that have ever been out um, and your deck's going to cost like $2,000 if you actually want to be competitive because all the cards from the beginning of the game are super broken and also expensive. Mm -hmm. There's rotating formats, which is mostly what I play online, like one called Standard, where you can only play with cards that were released this year and last year. Oh, okay. Essentially. yeah, It's basically from... Last year's sets and this year's... So yeah, it could be five to eight different sets because four sets mm-hmm. are missing here. It actually just rotated. So it used to be eight sets, now it's five sets because the new set came out for this year. Okay. Um, there's also limited formats, which is what I, was, what I do with your brother. You go to the game store, and it's called a draft, where instead of building your own deck, you go to a store... You open up a bunch of packs of cards and then like you you each pick one one at a time and then you all play against each other there's also commander which is a format that's really popular right now where you have like way more cards and it includes a lot of like really broken cards And you can play with like four people at the same time and You have this card called your commander, which you try to make as broken as possible. And he's like always on the field. What do you mean by broken? Broken? By broken, I mean powerful.
1: Okay. Like overpowered more than the other ones. uh, Yeah. Compared, like
0: compared, comparatively? Yes. (laughs) That is um, what your brother likes to play commander and that's okay. a really popular it's it's a more casual format so it's not as sweaty oh, gotcha. you know? <laughs> yeah
1: maybe not so high stakes you got more people going yeah. In there yeah
0: but it's fun i've played it mm-hmm. um it's definitely not like you know like i said it's not competitive it's the kind of thing where like if you actually really tried hard to make some kind of deck that was completely overpowered and nobody could beat you then like nobody would want to play with you
1: right like the point is to have fun yeah and not you know just and mm. the game is fast as that's possible.
0: actually the most popular format right now um it's become that's... popular more recently mm-hmm. uh, to the chagrin probably of all of the sweaty <laughs> tournament players um <laughs> that's what i hear at the game store a lot where it's like yeah, it's like I like Commander, but like it's a board game. It's not really magic, you know and that oh, kind of stuff. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, <laughs> they're like back in my day. Um, anyways, anyways, that's 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 the the talk about the game. We can talk about cultural impact.
1: Sure, awesome. Let's do it. All
0: right, I'm gonna have three things to talk about. First of all, is the trading card game boom of the '90s. Mm-hmm. Magic was the first one of these kind of games right the first game where you know you go you get packs and you open them and then you play a game with the cards right right a melding of a board game and uh you know and the baseball cards essentially right however once magic came out in 1993 this stuff started popping out all over the place uh pokemon trading card game was huge yep um we talked about uh, in our unreleased episode, we <laughs> talked about Pokemon, but we didn't talk about the Pokemon trading card game. Um, Pokemon came out in like 1996 or 1997, depending on which side of the Pacific you live in. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, and the trading card game shortly thereafter. And it was like, you know, schools were banning it them. It was, it was contraband, you know? Yeah,
1: it was huge.
0: But Pokemon was like, people, like most kids didn't actually play Pokemon cards, you know,
1: right? Um, I think it was more about the collecting.
0: But Pokemon cards, cards is Pokemon cards is a game you can play, and it's still you know today, and it's tournaments sure. and all that stuff. Yu Gi Oh um, also came out. Yu Gi Oh is a, uh, I think I might have that. I might I I have that written to talk about later. But I guess Yu Yu Gi Oh is sort of this anime that came out that sort of has like a parody of it had like a parody of magic in it oh okay called dual monsters
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was a manga and in the manga there's they like pl- there's this it's like this whole like ancient egyptian whatever but like the idea is that like you know th- they, they play all these games and one of the games was called dual monsters which is like a parody of magic yeah but then that became so popular that became the whole thing <laughs> and then they did the anime in america and that became so popular with kids and then they put the card game to go with it so it's kind of funny yeah but yeah in the 90s they had like star wars version my 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 brothers which are a little older than me um and really in the thick of the 90s you know they were crazy they had boxes and boxes of star wars cards (laughs) there was yeah star wars trading card game um there was like a star trek game there is there's pretty much anything they had
1: any major franchise probably had yeah some kind of a game with cards yeah
0: and if you go to game stores nowadays you'll still find some like more fringe games that Mm -hmm. are like some franchises take on the trading card game right um all right second thing i want to talk about in cultural impact is the collector's market so this is the part. This is what you were waiting for, right?
1: Yes, yes. I love this kind of stuff.
0: All right. There are people, um, that buy and sell magic cards, and that's their job.
1: Right. That is, they're like I, investors. I, <laughs> they're like stockbrokers. Right, you know. Right, right, right.
0: Um. So wild. So you can sell the rarest of brand new cards for like twenty five dollars. hmm. I did that last weekend. Right. At the pre-release event, I got this really rare card that was, like, the most rare one in the set, Um, for anybody listening. That's Shieldred the Apocalypse. (laughs) Um, And they had at the game store, they had this screen on the wall that had, like, this ticker that had, like, all of the, like, the prices for all the cards that they're wanting to buy right now. It is like this And it was, like, at the top of the screen. And actually, your brother pulled um, the other one that was at the top of the screen. That's awesome. Uh, you guys got so lucky. Yeah. So I sold it for 25 bucks of store credit. Yeah. And I had pulled, uh, like, a week earlier, I had pulled a card called uh, Boseju Who Endures. Wow. Um, that was, like, $15. I sold them both, and I bought a card case with the store credit.
1: Very nice.
0: Uh, some of the best older cards um, for older formats can go up to, like, $100. Okay. The very rarest... And also the ones that are the most powerful of the really old cards can go for like up to a thousand or more. That's wild. And the rarest magic card of all time, which is also, well, actually, maybe it's not the rarest. It's the most powerful magic card of all time. Okay. And it's very, very rare. It's from the very first set. It's called the Black Lotus. Do you want to guess? we did watch that youtube video so you would have seen it but you you, you I wouldn't, wouldn't remember.
1: remember i won't remember
0: um okay so signed and framed at an auction take your guess
1: i don't know um the guess i have is probably too low five thousand
0: is substantially too low okay
1: um a hundred thousand
0: that's not substantially too low but it is too low oh my god goodness uh 200,000 all right I'm just gonna stop you half a million dollars (gasps) for this signed and framed black lotus I can't
1: I can't I can't believe that oh my gosh and you know they paid like a penny basically probably for
0: the black lotus what makes it so powerful so remember I say lands give you your mana and the lands you you spend you pay for your spells using the lands right Mm
1: -hmm.
0: basically you get one land per turn though so on the first turn you'll have one mana on the second turn you'll have two mana etc right okay the black lotus is a card you can play for free that gives you three mana
1: oh wow okay so
0: essentially if you have it in your hand at the beginning of the turn you can you have four mana on your first turn Mm -hmm. instead of one
1: well, yeah, I can see how that puts you at, like, a major advantage to someone else, especially in yeah. the newer games. And yeah. they've
0: backpedaled on designs like that Yeah. since the game came out, which means that is, like, the only card that does something right. like that. Right, right. You know? Wow. That's why, that's one of the reasons why it's so powerful. It's banned in all formats, except for there's a format called, like, Vintage. Oh, okay. Which has all cards ever. Yeah. And, like, you can only have one copy in your deck. So, it's still banned, even in the format that is... So, even if you do have it, it's like you couldn't go anywhere and play with it. Uh, If you had it, you probably wouldn't want to actually play with it, because it's worth half a million dollars. Right.
1: (laughs) You probably don't want to take that out of your house.
0: All right. Last thing in cultural impact... wild. Last thing in cultural impact is the tournament scene. Um, We talked about this. We talked about esports last time on Mm -hmm. StarCraft. Similar kind of thing. It's been it's older than StarCraft, um, and also StarCraft didn't have a esports scene right when it came out, so it's even right. older. It's probably like ten years StarCraft superior. And not that Magic is an eSport, but you know, essentially, sure. I see the e stands for electronic, I guess you know. Yeah. Um. Anyways, professional gaming scene. You know, there's people that their job is to be a professional yeah. Magic player. World Championship in 2019 had a prize pool. Of a million dollars. Oh
1: my! That was that's not
0: the first prize. That's the pool for the whole tournament. Oh my! According to Magic the Gathering's website, I'm gonna butcher this. Uh, Paulo Vitor Demo da Rosa. Wow. Um, I've seen him on like YouTube videos and stuff. He's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the world leader in revenue for a professional magic player oh my gosh. he's made one million dollars over the, his career in magic winnings
1: wow imagine um, being a millionaire from playing a card game it's awesome
0: you know it's cool there there's a card so they started doing this thing where if you win like the world championships then they put your face like on a card
1: Oh, like, really? you know, all the
0: cards, they just have characters and they just made him, made yeah. it look like him or whatever. Oh my gosh.
1: It's like, uh, the, the painting from Parks and Rec probably <laughs> yeah. where it's like Leslie Nope and Tom are the, <laughs> the centaur and the yeah. little baby, the little cherub.
0: Um, but yeah, there's, there's a card that I've played with because it's really recent that, um, that his face is on it.
1: My goodness. That's awesome.
0: All right. Uh, let's, uh, we're almost done here. We're going to talk about, uh, my experiences with the game. It's a shorter one than the Starcraft story. Um, so as a kid, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh!, which we already talked about, this is where I was going to talk
1: about it. Right.
0: Um, was really big. The Pokemon trading card game was really big. My brothers, like I said, they were super into the Star Wars trading card game. They were also super into sports cards. They have mm-hmm. boxes and boxes of football cards, basketball cards, mm-hmm. baseball cards. Um I was on the tail end of, you know, their obsessions with everything. Um and it was really more Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokémon for me. So I would play the Yu-Gi-Oh card game with my brother all the time. Yeah. Um we'd play on the floor. We'd have our little mats that have the little zones where you put different kinds of cards. Um and you know we we all we, and we watched the TV show on Kids WB oh, yeah. <laughs> channel on Saturday, Saturday morning, so you know we know all the cards and stuff, right? Um, at that time, I was aware of Magic. It, I, Magic, and and I think this is the case for most people are kids at that time that played Yu Gi Oh and stuff. It's like Magic was sort of the grown up game, you know? Right? It was like the game. It was either you're really, really nerdy or, like, you're just, like, really a lot older. Right. <laughs> or you're a teenager. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Um, Which is probably one of the reasons why I would also have been surprised, like, you were, that it was as big as... Right. Right. Yeah. You because,
1: know. yeah, it was obviously just bigger with, obviously, older people mm-hmm. because it was geared towards and, you know, advertised probably more for... You know, people who are already into, like, fantasy games and D&D and, th- uh-huh. you know, things like that. So,
0: yeah. Makes um, sense. So, that's where my story would have stopped. Um, about four months ago, I was browsing browsing the Nintendo Switch eShop, as I do t- probably too often. Um, I was looking at the free games, uh, and I found a game called Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! It's like, oh... And I'd always you know, been interested for a while, like, oh, I should try and really get into like a card game. And so I was like, let's take a look at this Yu-Gi-Oh game, messed around. It was a lot of fun. So I was like, okay, well I should try like Yu Gi Oh and Magic and see which one is better or something. Mm-hmm. Um Long story short, magic is way better. Yu Gi Oh's terrible. Um oh, really I, I, okay, like from a game design standpoint, um even back then when I was a kid, like, if you would have got to, like, the highest competitive level, it would have been iffy. Nowadays, it's 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 rough. It's, like, basically at the highest competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! level, every game lasts, like, just two turns. What? Because the cards are so complicated and have so many effects, and there's no resource system. Like, you know, I said the mana, and you'd have, mm-hmm. oh, one mana on turn one, two mana on turn mm-hmm. two. That kind of keeps you from playing all the big stuff right away. Sure. Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't have that. And there's all bajillion combos. So basically, you play, like, you get your combo off and then, like, you win. Wow. But you have to know what all the cards do. Like, it's just impossible. Yeah. Anyways, um, so I got Magic Arena and I found that really fun and I played that for a few months. Um, I played online for like three months. Um, I started going to the game store more recently because your brother's, uh, your your brother has friends that got him into it recently, and, mm-hmm. and we've done a couple drafts, and that's where we're at today. So yeah. Um, You've been growing your collection. I'd yeah. Say. Although, so I found that I probably am not going to want to play constructed formats where you build your own deck in person Mm -hmm. as much as just going to drafts and having fun because it's a lot less accessible i think and a lot more expensive to build good decks Mm. in person than it is online on the app right because you can get more cards it's easier to get the cards that you want so i think you know and that's why i sold that really valuable card yeah instead of keeping it yeah I was going to have fun facts, but I only found one. Did you know, you didn't know, but did did anybody listening know that when the game was invented, it originally had an anti-rule, A-N-T-E, as in, it's like marbles. When you play with somebody, you have to, like, put in a card, like, and whoever wins gets both.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) Like, you have
0: to bet your cards to play the game. Oh, wow, okay. There's actually some early cards that, like, have, like, things that, like, mess with the rules of anteing they're like say auntie in the rules text
1: oh it's like double
0: your auntie or something you know? oh wow that was back those those were back in the days before you know people selling their cards for half, half a million dollars
1: right i can, i i'm still like what that's so wild to me i mean i i i understand collecting and i understand like I understand that there's value in collecting things and all that, but it is so insane to me that someone would spend half a million dollars on a piece of thicker paper. Like when you really think about it deeply, you're like that has no value besides like the the how long it's been around and you know, obviously the power behind it. like it you have to you have to say I personally think this has value. To me, I wouldn't pay a dollar. I don't care about it. But for some people, they pay half a million dollars, which is so wild.
0: It is wild. So wild.
1: Oh man. Anyways, awesome. Thanks for uh talking about this because.
0: Oh what? Oh what did you learn? We have to talk about. This. I you
1: learned to... a lot. Like I said, I really didn't know much. I, yeah, the few little things.
0: What's um, the most surprising thing you learned? Or most I interesting.
1: Think, I think the most surprising thing was just how popular it was. I didn't realize it was really that much of a popular game, even when it started. It's, I don't know, in my head, like I said before, I always thought it was kind of sort of just nerds. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it of, I mean, it is. It <laughs> is, but obviously there's a lot of them. And I didn't realize it, you know. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was cool to learn. And, uh, yeah, thanks for, that was a good one. That was a good topic.
0: All right. Well, let's go to, quote, commercial break.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll take a break. We're going to go get some uh, water, turn on the AC for a little bit so we can cool off maybe. And then we'll
0: be right back. All right. Welcome back from the, quote, commercial break. <laughs> um, we're back and we're ready to do Michaela's topic.
1: Yeah. Just a quick uh, side note. We during our little break, we were looking through a bunch of different cards and I have to say the art that is on these cards is truly amazing, beautiful, Mm -hmm. gorgeous, you know, not all of them, obviously, or some of them are like kind of creepy, gory monster things, but we were looking at different, cause they have all these different themes and things that they do with the different cards and it is so pretty. Some of them and just so like, so cool. Mm -hmm. Some of this art And you mentioned that there's a YouTube channel that you watch that kind of goes through the art. What was the... Rhystic Studies. Rhystic
0: Studies. They do these great, nice, clean video essays. Sometimes you don't even need the context of... He kind of, like, ties in, you know, something that isn't even magic-related. and ties to magic in some kind of cool, roundabout way. I love that. In a lot of videos, he talks about just the art. I think... I mean, I don't know, but it feel but based on some of his essays, it feels like he has like an art history degree or oh, something. Oh, you know? okay. Um,
1: I, I feel like I want to go watch this now because I really, I loved a cool. lot of the art there. I've always been, I've always loved art and uh-huh. it's been something that one of my friends and I have like, we talk about art, we go to art museums and things. So I don't know. I just didn't, I guess I've seen a lot of the cards, but most of the ones I've seen are like monsters and things. Yeah but these ones are just there's so many of them in there that are mm-hmm. so beautiful landscapes this whole stained glass sort of um
0: yeah that's the new one. the new gimmick in the newest set the alternate art cards are all a stained glass theme just
1: beautiful and really cool mm-hmm. uh so yeah i mean if you're interested i would suggest checking it out and maybe check out this youtube channel yeah
0: um very cool yeah so let's let's okay. do it let's i've i do not know any i mean like Okay, I know that there's some kind of that you're doing some kind of true crime adjacent topic, historical. I don't I don't sure. I have no I have no clue. Well,
1: there. okay. Christopher, what do you know about Ellicott City's Hell House?
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. So I grew up in Ellicott City. You did? Which is a town in Maryland. It's a it's a suburb
1: kind of outside Baltimore. Yes.
0: A fancy supper,
1: and a very Hard, nice. Supper. Howard
0: County is a very rich county. Um, although Ellicott City isn't like you know the center you know all, all the rich people in Ellicott City, but well, it has. So Ellicott City. we on a tangent about the you know, rich people or whatever. It's no, like, no, make this no. A podcast for everybody.
1: Right, Ellicott City is has been voted like top twenty places to live in the U.S. Oh, yeah, for a yeah. lot of years. So yeah. it is a very nice place to live very you know lots of beautiful you know places to go it's just a nice place to live so
0: when most people um when most people think of Ellicott City they think of the old downtown street which you know it's like it's a it's a main street of town from like 1700s you know um and it's actually has made national news like three different times in the past ten years for a very bad reason, which was flooding. Um, really, really,
1: really, really very serious bad. flooding.
0: Um, and like a lot of the local shops just got completely gutted, and you know, all people that stuff.
1: definitely did not survive.
0: That a few people. So yeah, it was. It like happened a... like two times in like two years. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, they also made news because uh, uh, Gordon Ramsay came down and tried to help oh, somebody yeah. up, so. He
0: he did his, yeah. uh, I don't know what show it was.
1: I don't know, Hell, it was some kind of Hell's Kitchen or, um. No, not
0: Hell's co- Kitchen.
1: I don't know, some, I don't no, know. No,
0: no, it wasn't one of the negative ones. It was like the one where he goes and like he fixes something up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to a restaurant that doesn't exist anymore, Bean Hollow.
1: Yeah, they got washed out in the flood really, really devastating, honestly, because it was kind of a staple for, I don't know, a lot of people that I knew, myself included. I used to live um, basically down there in, in kind of right up the hill on Main Street because Ellicott City is sort of the very, the Main Street is the very bottom of a bunch of hills, sort of the reason for the flooding. But, you know, I could walk to the all these shops. I could walk down to the Bean Hollow from my house. It was, I don't know, it was a staple Place for a lot of people it was devastating when a lot of these shops sort of fell apart and you know it, it, I don't know it was so sad to see it happen but also for us that live down there it's like okay that's part of the the part of living down there is you get to walk to all of these places mm. and it was a long time that all of these stores were completely
0: closed so yeah anyways um that isn't however what we're talking about today yeah I know I know <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, the Ellicott City, uh, Hell House is, it's a, it's like a abandoned building. Um, it's, you know, like it's it's haunted, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think they, I, is there, is, can you do tours or is it just, you just go there? Um, you, you went there with a friend at one point, um.
1: Been there lots of times actually, like You've been there lots three of or four times,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a classic spooky abandoned building haunted situation. I guess there was like a murder tied to it, no? Or that's just you see regular faces. People can't Sorry. see faces on the podcast. It's
1: all it's all <laughs> like, you know, urban legend kind of stuff.
0: That's that's what I got. I Alright. Is, is this like Is this top? Is this just a local interest topic? Like, how wide does this?
1: I'll tell you. Okay. I'll tell you. Okay. So, um, some a little bit of a backstory. I actually had a blog that I was I don't know. I didn't keep up with it very much, so I'm not even gonna like link it in the show notes or anything because I don't want anyone to find it. But I basically did a bunch of research and wrote a whole blog post about this um thing so I actually just took that blog post and then went back and updated a lot of things because some things have changed since I wrote it and just there's some new information and stuff so I've updated it but I've you know a lot of it's the same so I'm honestly just going to kind of read from it and you know talk off of some of the stuff that I wrote but um if it sounds scripted that's because it kind of is (laughs) um so okay so let's get started
0: no let's get into it let's get into it play the music again
1: yeah yeah um okay so just a few minutes up the street from ellicott city's charming main street are the remnants of what locals call the hell house while there isn't much house left many still believe the grounds are haunted and full of darkness So, a little bit of history. The scenic location started out as a hotel and tavern. Being so close to the B&O Railroad, it was a perfect perfect location for travelers to rest and enjoy the scenery. If people don't know, the B&O Railroad, like the oldest station, is in Ellicott City and there's a whole museum. And it's, you know, a pretty big historical thing. The B&O Railroad being the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad. So, it's a long, stretching railroad. Very historic, and, you know, well-known. And Ellicott City played a big part in it. So, um, anyways, in 1866, the Ellicott Brothers sold the property, where the Hell House is now at, to the Congregation of the Most Holy Redeemer for $15,000, which would now be, do you want to guess how much that is in this, today's money?
0: Uh, What time did you say?
1: 1866.
0: You said fifteen thousand.
1: Fifteen thousand.
0: For the house or for the land or for, for the
1: land? Yeah.
0: That would be a lot. I mean, that's like yeah, multiple millions, right?
1: No, uh, really. So what is now two hundred eighty thousand dollars? So really, uh-huh. it was not that much money when you think of how much that's... a piece of land in Howard County costs.
0: I would have thought a lot. That it cost a lot. Inflation would be more,
1: huh? Um. I literally checked it this morning, so. Uh-huh. And then in 1867, so the year after, the congregation started adding additional levels to what is known as the upper house of the hell house. They laid 672,000 bricks in the span of 18 months. And the bricklayers were earned $5 a day. Which, I don't know if you want to guess how much that would be in today's money. I love okay. this kind of stuff.
0: I mean, I, we just, I, I, I could yeah. just reverse engineer the math of what you the, just said. That's okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> it would be $100 a day, which pretty good is really good money even now, which is sad. I guess it depends on how long they worked. But anyways, uh, and then they also built a large chapel and a greenhouse and a few other houses that were used for, like, smaller schools and storages. So, there's lots of little little houses kind of built in this property along with a big, big house, a chapel and a a couple other little places. So from 1866 until 1907, the location was used as a Roman Catholic seminary. Um, it was very close to, um, the headquarters in Baltimore and, um, in 1882, they actually renamed it St. Mary's college. So that's what it's more widely known as is St. Mary's college. Hell House is kind of the name that the locals dubbed it, but, um, St. Mary's is sort of the name that, you know, if you wanted to go Google it, you would Google St. Mary's,
0: you know. Went from St. Mary's to the Hell House. Yeah, exactly. Is that, is that part, well, maybe you'll get into this. Is that like, is it just Hell House because, oh, it's haunted or does it have something to do with its Roman Catholic history?
1: Yeah, I think... I think it partially be- comes from, like, the lore
0: and... The lore has to do with the Roman Catholic yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, it would be good. Isn't there, like, a abandoned, um, like, mental hospital in Keynesville?
1: I don't know if it's in Keynesville, but there is one in Maryland not too far Near from Canesville. there. We've
0: driven past it, like, on the way to places in Keynesville hmm. before, right?
1: I'm not sure I know what you're talking about
0: we'll look it up later
1: yeah maybe for another episode
0: maybe it's not abandoned maybe it just looks abandoned.
1: (laughs) yeah i'm not sure what you're talking about but who knows um oh oh i know what you're talking about reminds me of
0: like arkham asylum yes
1: i know what you're talking about and yes i think it was and now it is used for like it's a mental health facility of some kind but it was abandoned for a while. I know what you're talking about, and we'll yeah. figure out what that is
0: later. It's really, like, freaky. It
1: is because it's sort of a ghost town feeling all around there. You know, it doesn't... Well, yeah. There, you don't see anyone walking around, like I said, but it's it,
0: huge. It makes me think of uh, Arkham Asylum yes. from Batman. Yes. Like, it's this, it has that vibe. It's, it's like gothic architecture, kind of. And all the...
1: It's, so it's like grass, but all the grass is dead. That was the other thing that always mm-hmm. got me around that place. Dead grass everywhere anyways, that's another spooky kind of spot, but, um, okay. So in 1907, uh, the men that were in seminary were moved, uh, from Ellicott city to New York and the building started to be used as a place for men contemplating entering religious life, uh, which is another term for that is the novitiate. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know much about Catholic religion, so I don't, I'm not going to go into all of this, but basically they're, they're just there learning, um, for about 14 months about what religious life would look like for them. Uh, they spend a lot of their time
0: just reading, praying. So it's their 30 day free trial. Exactly. But it's 14 months. 14 <laughs> month free trial.
1: Um, and then in 1968, there was a devastating house fire, which burned down much of the lower house. And in 1972, the college was shut down completely and had only 10 men in the graduating class.
0: What was the year of the fire again?
1: 1968. So hmm. four years later, the whole thing shut down. Wow. Um, and there were some suspicious circumstances to the fire that kind of have led into a lot of the sort of lore that we'll get into later, but they are there hasn't been anything released about the cause of the fire. However, all around Ellicott City, there's a lot of these mansions, big houses, beautiful, like almost castle-like buildings that have experienced these really devastating fires. And I, I wanted to do more research on it. I just didn't get the chance, but I'm like, why are so many of these big, beautiful houses burning down or big, like historic buildings burning down in Ellicott City? Who's... Is this someone doing this? I don't know. It was like in the 60s and 80s, you know, around then. I'm like, what's going on? Anyway, so in 1982, uh, the property was bought by a developer with the intentions of converting the property into apartments, which is sort of pretty common for the area, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, And it ended up kind of just falling through. I read a couple conflicting things, whether it was, like, locals basically saying, like, this this land is historical, you shouldn't touch it, or just the developers, like, not following up with any of it and not actually doing anything. But basically, at the end of the day, the whole building was abandoned. So there's the building was still standing, but it was completely abandoned. Empty. So this is kind of where you get into the hell house sort of era of the property, Um, because sort of near, in the nineties, it kind of turned into like lots of, uh, gossip around town about like the creepy stuff that would happen there and it being haunted and there's ghosts and all this stuff. Um, which is really common for Ellicott city if you don't know, and I'm going to kind of talk about it a little bit more later, but Ellicott city is known for being like, there's ghost tours and it's like a haunted Uh town, you know? So Salem
0: of Maryland.
1: Right. (laughs) Some might say. Um, so on the property, there's been a man by the name of Alan Rufus Hudson. He lived on the property as a caretaker when it was owned by the Roman Catholic Church. And after it was sold, he still stayed on the property to look after it and keep trespassers away, I guess. Even though he technically had no right to stay there, he felt very, like,
0: uh, it was his duty to keep the property taken care of. That's the uh, that's the perfect name for a story like this. I
1: know, right, Alan, Alan Rufus, Rufus, Ruf- Hudson. Ruf- Rufus,
0: Rufus, Rufus Hudson.
1: Rufus. Rufus Hudson. I know. Doesn't it sound so perfect for a man who's like not okay? I don't know why. <laughs> Something Just perfect about for
0: it. <laughs> a ghost story. Yes. Name.
1: <laughs> so obviously he had good intentions, you know, he cared about this property and about, you know, building staying nice and, you know, it's historical and, you know, it's a beautiful building. It's a beautiful, you know, there's a chapel, there's a church, all this stuff. But, um, unfortunately in 1996, he was charged for shooting and critically injuring an intruder on the property. This was apparently a common occurrence lots of people came and looking at this property because it was abandoned and haunted. You know, lots of people are coming up there when because was they want to, when was the charge? In 1996. Oh boy. So there's, you've,
0: you've gone and looked at the property.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, not that recent. Yeah. Obviously I wasn't born yet, but, um, you know, lots and lots of people would go up there because there's lots of rumors that it was haunted and I don't know. It's, I feel like this way. It's fun to explore an abandoned place. And they felt the same way. So yeah, lots of lots of teens, young adults going up there looking around. But this man living on the property felt so strongly that they should not be on the property, even though he didn't even own it, that he he would literally like threaten to shoot them. He, would th- he was, like, threatening people as they would walk on the property, and he would shoot at people as they were coming on the property. It would happen a lot. There's a lot of accounts of people who have experienced him from afar, like, shooting at them, and they had to, like, you know, run away fast. So, it kind of eventually, you know, t- it took a dive when he hit someone and was charged. So, he is no longer there, obviously. He's probably passed by now because he's old, but um, yeah, that was one thing. And I think that was part of the reason why people thought the place was haunted because there was this old man living on the property. And if you didn't know he was there, I can imagine someone thinking, what is going on? If you hear a voice, you hear a gunshot, whatever you hear movement, they might not know that there's a man living there, you know, anyways. So, um, we, Move on to the next year, 1997, and there is another fire that completely destroys the entire build. All of the buildings, all everything is is has been burnt, destroyed in one way or another. And of course, this happens on Halloween night, 1997. So the cause of the fire was indeterminate at the end of the day, but, um, it was most likely arson. So, you know, it, it was probably teenagers being on the property, you know, doing their thing. Not, not great. Uh, so we move on to the following years. Um, many, many people believed it to be haunted. They have many people believed Something suspicious suspicious had happened, causing the school to be closed. Um, there's a lack of evidence supporting any of these claims, but just a, a bit of a trigger warning talking about death and other bad things here in a second. If you're squeamish at all, or just are triggered by talks of murder or death, whatever, skip ahead a little bit. So, some of the claims were things like, priests being possessed and going and murdering all the nuns and um, one priest being possessed and murdering all the women in the female institute that was there in Ellicott City. You know about the female institute. Like there are lots of girls that went to school there or um, there being like sacrifices and and the priests like being possessed and sacrificing other priests or like lots of crazy stuff like that which there is zero account for. Zero proof of, but it just kind of started to spread as the, like, that's why it's called the hell house. It started to spread as the truth, you know, that's basically why they call it the hell house. That's where the name was dubbed haunted slash, you know, creepy priest doing crazy things.
0: I would also, I mean, is it was, it was like a religious building that burned down Yeah. see how you get Hell House from that, too. Yeah,
1: sure, sure. So, uh, since then, the property has been covered in graffiti. That's one of the biggest things you notice when you go to the property, is every piece of brick and stone and cement and all of it is covered in graffiti. And a lot of it is very, like, satanic. So, like, pentagrams and upside-down crosses and all that kind of stuff. Um. Most of that is probably just people like, you know, trolling, you know, they're, they're just there to
0: perpetuate that. It's the hell house. We got to draw a pentagram. I don't know if we call that trolling. It's, I don't know. It's, it's urban legends. It's, it's trolling yeah. is like goading somebody trying to make them mad. Although right. I guess that, I mean, it would make of... somebody mad. Yeah, <laughs> everything makes somebody right know. right <laughs> we didn't talk about it in my section but uh you know magic the gathering just like with dungeons and dragons oh, yeah. and with all that stuff right had as the satanic panic
1: right 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 um
0: yep although according to the wikipedia page it was more short-lived Mm. Maybe what, um, you know whatever. that is. Right, means. right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I understand. There's obviously, to me personally too, a lot of, a lot of stuff like the satanic, demonic stuff. I am like, let's maybe not, let's maybe not um play around with that. But you know, I also realize that a lot of the things, specifically at this location, is like just people wanting to perpetuate the, you know, the story, the urban legend. However, there are a lot of people that believe that there are, like, satanic rituals and sacrifices that take place on these grounds, that people go there just to do that. So, adding on to the the graffiti. So, in, in the last few years, I haven't been since this has happened, but I was reading about this just today. In the past few years, somebody has gone and painted almost every surface black, and then over top of it is this crazy intricate white like drawings of dragons and like hieroglyphic looking letters like it's everywhere all over everything it is like very creepy but also amazing that somebody did all of this it was like it's everywhere and it's a lot of it um one part of the things that they painted has like this poem and I was like this is interesting I don't know why I just wanted to read it and I'm like I didn't look it up to see if it was an actual poem but maybe it is so the poem reads look within yourself what do you see is your soul a fading light strengthened by fury hardened by heat search deeper now whatever you find you must keep look with look within yourself what do you see I don't know if they wrote that poem or if that is a poem written by someone else.
0: I'm looking it up. Oh, it's lyrics. The Light Within. It's a song lyric. From League of Legends. Hey, We're going back to the eSports from last week. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Wait, do you have pictures of the thing? Yeah,
1: I, I, I probably will include it in the Instagram post, but also... Um, <laughs> Does, Bro. Take,
0: does that take out some of the? uh, Does that take it? Away takes out all of the creepiness. Of the creepiness,
1: but also maybe all of these like weird symbols and stuff
0: are I'm have a, to do with League of I'm Legends. I'm assuming you said dragons, and I was In like dragons. What? When you said dragons, I was, and then you said, "Oh, it's creepy." I'm like, that sounds like somebody's like doing like Dungeons Dragons or something.
1: Let me show you. I'm I'm really curious now because I I know you don't play League of Legends, but maybe. I yes, (laughs) I can't believe it.
0: Oh my gosh! You're like you're like being all like, I've this might be a poem. Look within yourself, you know like. Right. And then it's League Legends. It's pretty funny.
1: Um, let's see. I I read an article. Here it is. Somebody painted the Maryland's Hell House ruins, and it's a mysterious sight indeed. That's the name of the article. Here, bro. Tell me that's not League of Legends.
0: (laughs) I. It's pretty creepy, though. Probably. That's what it looks like to me. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) If you don't know what it is, though,
1: that's creepy, right? Literally every surface is covered in, like, these hieroglyphic looking...
0: Yeah, but it doesn't look... I don't know. To me, it looks like... You know, some like a fantasy dork kind of thing, not like a satanic ritual kind of thing. No,
1: I don't think it looks like that either. To me, it looks like someone from another world came in and covered all of the surfaces in their own language. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it's not from our world kind of thing is how it feels. But, okay, so you're asking if this goes beyond local legend. Yeah,
0: so, yeah how 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 far out does this reach for our podcast about for for general audiences
1: <laughs> yeah so um this television show is pretty widely known it's one that i've watched uh cw supernatural
0: ah uh,
1: yes if you don't know what it is it's okay you don't have to watch it in the grand scheme of things it's okay if you miss watching the show but i was obsessed with the show my sister and I would watch every episode together. Like the new things that would come on. I mean, we were obsessed with it. I will have to say, I have not watched the last few seasons because I just I can't get
0: that far. You, you know, we'll, we'll we'll do an episode on it. You'll you'll bring yes. it as a topic one week. One week. I've I've seen some episodes. It's not bad. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. It's CW. It's the C, It's the CW. Yeah. It's you know what you're getting a CW into. show. Like it's it's their formula. Especially, that's like the most, yes, like their formula, you know. Absolutely, um, it's fun. I don't know, it's a monster, it's a monster of the week show, literally.
1: Yep, yes, it's good. I don't know, I like it. Anyways, so the Hell House was featured in two episodes of this show, Supernatural. Um, in the show, they they display it as Saint Mary's Cathedral, I think, but it says Ilchester, Maryland, which Ilchester is like a little tiny town part of Ellicott City. I don't know if it's technically part of Ellicott City, but it's literally there in Ellicott City. So on the show, it says like Ilchester, Maryland, and Saint Mary's Cathedral or something, and and in, in the show, it's like 2000 and I don't know eight or something, and there's like still a full building and they're inside this cathedral and everything so that's not accurate obviously because there are no standing buildings at that point but they still featured like this you know church or whatever that's you know there was a, there was a cathedral there on the property and it was called Saint Mary's um, and in the show it's the place where Lucifer is like jailed or whatever he's in he's imprisoned in this specific place
0: i feel like i've seen this episode you probably have i, I rec- there so you were so when when you were pregnant yes you watched like you i watched know, after pretty season much... nine or ten or something yeah right? yep. and i you know tagged along a lot of those episodes yeah um i think i i maybe saw like all of season like three or four one of yeah those. it's season
1: four and five are the two seasons that this is featured in I, I think it's the end and the beginning of I those I think one episodes, of those but...
0: seasons I saw like most of those yeah. episodes.
1: Yeah. Probably. <laughs> it sounds
0: very familiar.
1: Um, Basically, it's the place where they go and, and he's released, uh, you know, from prison. I and... remember Lucifer. He's like, he has yes. a suit. Uh, no. No?
0: I remember what his face looks like.
1: Okay. <laughs> the person who has a suit is like the Grim Reaper guy. Death.
0: Okay, we'll save this for yeah. another episode
1: okay um so anyways that's kind of it's interesting because it's made its way out into the you know the the world and i wanted to just plug a, a podcast real quick that i listened to um in preparation for this podcast episode uh the podcast is called history goes bump ghost tours for the mind and they do uh pot like a episodes about a city specifically. So, they did an episode about Ellicott City. They very briefly talked about the Hell House. They really didn't touch on it, but if you're re- at all interested in any of like the hauntings or ghost sightings or anything like that in Ellicott City, go listen to that episode because it was really good. It had lots of history about the town and yeah, it was great. It's a small trigger warning cuz they do talk about like death and things obviously cuz they're talking about ghosts, but um, it was a good, it was really a good episode to listen to. Um, so anyways, there's, I think actually I found a couple podcasts that talked about the hell house, but a lot of times if it's people who aren't from around the area, you get a lot of like, not annoying things, but they, you know, they pronounce something that's not the way it's supposed to be pronounced <laughs> or they talk about a certain thing. Like, you're like, that's not how that is or whatever. Um, and there were a couple of the ones that I listened to like that and I was like, "Ah, I'm not going to, but these people, it was like, they really did some good research. So I definitely would suggest listening to that episode. It was episode 420. History goes bump. Um, (laughs) it was 420. Um, okay. So yeah, I guess just talking a little bit about, um, go actually going there. So I've been there personally. Uh, Multiple times. So the first time I went was with my sister, Gwen. Her and I went up there. It is very interesting to get to because you honestly don't know how to get there or where it is unless someone's told you. Um, I think you might probably now could look up and find out how to get there, just like googling it. someone's probably shared the information, but if you don't know how to get there, it isn't. It's not like it's on a main road or obvious or anything. There's no signs. There's no nothing. So the way you get there is you kind of park in this spot. You're not technically supposed to park in. There's, like, signs or that like, say, like, no parking, but they don't tow, so it's fine. And then you walk up this kind of steep hill, and you walk over the, trail, the, the train tracks for the B&O Railroad, and you kind of walk back on this sort of trail sort of man-made trail into the woods. And then there's this super duper steep staircase, like stone staircase. It's like probably like, I don't know, 30, 40 stairs up to where the ruins are. So it's a long walk up. And I mean, when I say every surface is graffitied, I mean every surface, like all of the the, every piece of stone is covered in some kind of graffiti, which now apparently is some League of Legends nonsense. <laughs> but I, I thought it was actually creepy. <laughs> now I'm not scared. Um,
0: You're scared of the Mountain Dew.
1: Right. The Doritos. <laughs> the Mountain
0: Dew. So wait, so the stairs, the stairs have graffiti on them? Yeah. The
1: everything has been covered in graffiti. It's it's pretty wild. So, Are the
0: stairs really rickety?
1: No, so it's, it's all, like, stone, cement.
0: They're nice there.
1: Y- yeah, they're not, like... You don't walk up it and you're like, I'm going to fall and die. I mean, okay. just because it's so, t- like, high up, you do. But not because they're, like, falling apart. Okay. Yeah, they stayed pretty well, like, intact. Um, But then once you go up, you see kind of, like, a bed, almost, of just cement blocks and rocks and things. And lots of the things there are... Like, a lot of the the cement blocks and, like, kind of the iron um, sort of posts and things are all sort of charred. So you can really tell that there was a really serious fire. Because you can imagine that over time, like, as it rains and just normal weather, a lot of, like, char and things would wash off. But I guess the fire was so bad that it sort of sunk into a lot of these different materials, So that's interesting. You can see the char on some of them and then also most of it is graffitied. So most of it's been drawn on or whatever. And there's actually a really nice trail to walk on down the path there. And there's one part that sort of, I think people call it the bunker. I don't think it was ever actually a bunker. I think it was probably just storage. But basically it's this cement pad that kind of looks down on this hill and there's a hole in the cement pad You can go down underneath it and into these rooms. Once again, they're all graffitied and it's not like there's any light in there. So it's just whatever natural light sort of peeks through the holes. And the one time I was there, um, there were other people. There's lots of other people walking around seeing it. um, But the one time I was there and I actually went in because I only went in once. You know, there's lots of like trash and this beer cans and that kind of stuff. But there's also a few mattresses. Oh boy which <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of that
0: a uh, make out point
1: maybe but also maybe somebody was living in there I don't know uh, either way I'm concerned but um that was interesting to say the least and then there's lots of other paths to walk down kind of leading off into different direction directions there's sort of this well altar looking spot that has lots of pentagrams and all, you know, they kind of say mm-hmm. this is the the place where they sacrifice or whatever. It's so silly. And then you keep going down and there's this really fascinating structure. And I, I can't remember what it used to be a part of or if it was own thing or what, but basically it's this big arched, um, sort of iron work, kind of gazebo, very Gothic looking thing with a altar in the middle of it with a cross on it. And it's all still standing there and, and, you know, it's very big, sturdy, all of it is very large. So it's not, um, like falling over from like, you know, weather, it's pretty intense Um, but that's probably one of the coolest things that's on the property that's still standing. I'm sure the other buildings were beautiful when they were made, but, um, yeah, it, it's very cool to see, and you can go up and like sit on it and everything. Uh, and then, I don't know, there's a couple other paths to kind of walk down. There used to be a greenhouse there, which you can kind of see like where the, where it was built, like the outline of the building.
0: Yeah. What's remaining of the building itself? Wait, okay. So... Let's go back. So so we did all the timeline. So let's mm-hmm. let me let me rewind to when we talked about the timeline. So mm-hmm. there was a there was a cathedral and a ha- and a big house. Yeah. The house two, became a seminary.
1: Two big like house areas. Yeah, they lived in those houses and then there were also like school Sort of buildings. Which house is
0: the Hell House? Is it the cathedral? The whole thing. The whole oh. thing is
1: considered the Hell
0: House. But there's multiple buildings.
1: There are multiple buildings that were all burnt down.
0: They and all then, burnt
1: down? Yeah. And like over time... the fire time, spread from one building to another? Right. Well, so they kind of were all attached, I think. So okay. there was an upper building, a lower building, and a cathedral. And then um, a few other smaller buildings that were schoolhouses and, like, storage. And then a greenhouse. And I think at the, at the end, the smaller buildings maybe hadn't caught on fire, but they tore everything down, um, after the, I think in like 2006 or 2007, everything just got torn down, whatever was sort of somewhat standing at that point.
0: So what, how close is this to, is this in the middle of the woods or, okay.
1: Yeah, it's in the middle of the woods, sort of, you have to walk a little bit. It's not right on the road. You mm-hmm. have to kind of walk up a little bit and then like those stairs are really, really tall. It must have
0: been a nice spot for oh, a seminary. Oh,
1: beautiful. The view is beautiful. You look down on, on you know, it's up on a tall hill. So yeah. it kind of, view- the view is like looking down on the, there's the Patapsco River right there. So the other thing is the, at, right now, the land is owned by um, the state. So it's part yeah. of Patapsco State Park oh um but it isn't like marked i don't think as like these are trails that you can go walking or anything like that it's just owned by them um but right where you park like right across the street is like this really beautiful walking bridge and beautiful view of patapsco river and all of that kind of stuff a a beautiful hiking path that they've made yeah um so i can imagine you know before they would have made all of that that the view from the the house and all of it was just beautiful. You're looking down on the river yeah. and lots of beautiful landscape.
0: So did you mention earlier, I, I feel like I remember you said something about it burning and then some many years later they shut it down or something.
1: Yeah. So part of it did catch on fire and it ruined one of the house. The, I think it was the lower house. And then at that point, There were so few people graduating, they decided to just close it completely. Okay, I think probably partly because of the space, I would imagine they just didn't have as much room as before because if some of it had been ruined, but then there was still
0: building standing until correct
1: until another fire
0: at the end of the nineties. Wait a second, what? If there was nobody using the building, how was there another fire?
1: Like I said, I think it, it was like teenagers. It was Halloween night. Oh it was gosh. teenagers, you know, doing their, doing the teenager thing.
0: And then most of buildings were mostly burned
1: down. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a huge, devastating kind of f- completely ruined everything kind of fire.
0: Yeah. And then they tore down the remains.
1: Whatever was still standing, which I don't think was a lot, but there, you know, there was still like,
0: um, the shell of it was still standing. Yeah. So what's there right now? Just like foundations?
1: Lots of bricks and stone pieces just laying around. Yeah. Some places you can sort of see an outline of where a building was, but most of it is just like, yeah, yeah, just bricks sort of laying around and everything, I mean, everything is covered in graffiti. It's wild. You've never seen anything like it anywhere else. It's like this tiniest Mm -hmm. little stone and someone's like drawn on it, you know? Um, And apparently now they've drawn League of Legends something or the other. But, um, yeah, it, it's a beautiful piece of land for sure. But also, I don't know, when I went, I definitely felt like, I don't know, it's partially because of, like, the lore and, you know, all of the stories you've heard behind it or whatever. But even being there, it still felt weird. It felt kind of eerie almost. I guess I don't know. It's sort of sad that it burnt down and and was knocked down because you can imagine it would have been beautiful, um, but also just the like overwhelming like paraphernalia around of like like uh, pentagrams and upside down
0: crosses and. Uh, I mean that's the thing. And that's know. what I was trying to say earlier. Lots of people are just like they they find urban legends and. Making things spooky and yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, it's fun for them. Yeah, I mean, which is okay as long as they're not hurting anybody. Sure. I, I, I mean, that's big on the internet right now. There's lots of internet urban legend. Type oh yeah, of things. creepy yeah, yeah. pastas. what right. it's called. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. People are just into that. I don't think that you know, they're trying to.
1: I don't think that there's actual satanic sacrifices
0: taking place. Oh, okay. Obviously. At this place. What I was (laughs) going to say is I don't think that people that are putting up this graffiti actually believe any of it. They're trying to create an effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to make it spookier because it's it's fun.
1: Yes, I agree. The
0: same reason you do a haunted house on Halloween.
1: Sure. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think... um, I think, honestly, at the end of the day, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of land that's nice to just go on a walk around, too, because there's so many people that have walked it that there's just a man-made sort of path all around it, and it's still a gorgeous piece of land. It's cool to see, like, kind of ruins of an old building, and, yeah, I mean, whenever I've went, there's always been lots of people there, too, just, you know, everybody knows about the place around in the area. And they want to check it out and see what's going on. I'm really tempted to go back now that I know that there's these like crazy paintings all over, whatever they may be. I'm really interested to see what that looks like in person. You you
0: just want to find something that's not leave legends.
1: Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I think it's a cool thing in our like local history, but also it's cool that it's kind of seeped into some sort of pop culture stuff like Supernatural. And, you know, like I said, lots of people have known about it, too, as, like, this urban legend kind of crazy thing. And it's sort of been talked about amongst, you know, people that don't live in the area, too. But I think that's all I have. I guess that's it. Did you learn anything?
0: <laughs> uh... Hmm. I mean, well, obviously, yeah, I le- everything that you said was news to me, except for the fact that it is in Ellicott City and it's a haunted whatever you know it's ha- it's haunted, it's spooky. Right. um that it was really interesting,
1: awesome that was I, I liked doing the Kind of like history. Oh yeah, well sort of that's, stuff
0: so you used to be into that until you had a kid, and now yeah. you're not into the murdery stuff. But I know.
1: I like kind of spooky things. I guess now even more. I I probably like the like sort of spooky like that's probably not true, but it's kind of fun to pretend that it is. Sort urban of urban stuff. legend
0: stuff as opposed to true crime stuff. Yeah,
1: like something that someone actually getting murdered. Yeah, that gives bit has a whole new yeah. like kind of effect on me. But I mean, we'll probably talk about some of that stuff, but more of the like uh, longer ago type yeah. stuff. That has less of an effect. We've
0: seen, old, um, but. we've seen My Favorite Murder. Big yes. podcast. We've seen it live in Nashville. Yeah Which was very fun. Else for your birthday.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I had fun. It was, I mean, they, and they t- even told the joke on stage. It was like, all right, who brought their boyfriends with them? Right. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought it was really fun. And I've, yeah. I've listened to, I've listened to their show, lots of episodes. I've listened to you watching other stuff. Sure, Um, Bailey. Bailey Sarian. Sarian.
1: Yes, we love we stand Um, Bailey Sarian in this house.
0: Yeah, those are all those are all fun. I mean, it's fun to have a podcast with nice prepared historical spooky breakdowns right which is what we've done for you today now we now we've actually done it we've 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 made our own spooky breakdowns. it's
1: true (laughs) all right awesome um well i guess that's it for this episode
0: uh when we recorded the last episode our podcast was available nowhere because we hadn't posted yet but now our podcast is available on most of your major platforms uh so give us a follow and, uh,
1: Yes, please subscribe.
0: Like, I subscribe and like. And that's if you, you can, That's a YouTube thing. Right. And I, if
1: you can, please leave us a five-star rating. I know oh, it does really yeah. good help with getting our podcast kind of out there more and, and listened by more people. The higher rated you get, the more you get promoted on, on charts and okay. things. So if you can give us a five-star rating, that would be awesome. Is that...
0: That's... I don't think that's a Spotify thing It is thing a Spotify now. thing now. Oh, it is. Okay. It is. And I know it's, it's an also, iTunes thing. It,
1: yeah, it's also Apple podcast thing. So we're on both those we're also on the google um podcasts we're we are on youtube yeah and so we'll we'll put um just an added side note we'll, I'll, I'll also put all of our my references for my research for this podcast episode Aww. in the show notes as well as links to both the youtube channel that Chris mentioned and that I mentioned or Good the idea. podcast that I mentioned in
0: the show notes as well uh I'll post all my references right now it was all wikipedia <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice <laughs> um
0: but uh yeah um YouTube's probably the the direct source you know that's like where we have most control over what we post yeah um, plus we get a cool little animation in the background right
1: and um you can also go follow us on Instagram I will post every week when we put up a new episode and um if you want to contact us send us a you know message or whatever you can do it through instagram as well and um, uh also
0: email at yes what do you know about pod
1: at gmail.com.com. Gmail.com. feel free um, to send us a message uh if you have any questions or you want to send us a note whatever it may be maybe we'd, lo- we'd love to read it um read
0: it on the show well You'll yeah get a shout out
1: yeah we'd love to do that
0: if it's family friendly and right. relevant.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess we just want to say thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate everyone that spends the time to listen to our podcast and it, yeah, it means a lot to us. So, um, hope you have a wonderful week.
0: The music's probably already playing. Yes.
1: The music that Christopher made, if you didn't oh, okay, know, I okay. think we said we in the last episode, but Christopher made the music for this episode. Well last we had, episode. We hadn't made episode.
0: Last episode, the music hadn't been.
1: Yes. Made, so. so uh big round of applause to christopher for yeah, see now the music. now the
0: music's probably hasn't been playing. i know and <laughs> i said the music is
1: playing i know sorry the music's
0: probably <laughs> playing now because we're about to actually say goodbye yes in three two one goodbye, goodbye. goodbye.